This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. When it comes to friendship, there is a beautiful side of friendship, but there's also a challenging side of friendships. Uh, We've all had those relationships where we've been hurt or we felt pain. I think it's important to understand there are no pointless relationships. There are no wasted, meaningless relationships. There's always an opportunity in every relationship, even the ones in every relationship, even the ones that have ended, to learn uh, through the relationship or from the relationship to grow, uh, whether it's blessing or adversity. We can always learn and grow. I remember years ago, a man who'd been, who had been a friend there was a part of our church who wanted to have a meeting, and we met at the Denny's restaurant on the East 50 in Orlando. And at that meeting, it was an extremely difficult meeting. Have you ever talked to somebody and you knew that sort of nobody's home, their mind's made up, it doesn't matter what the truth is, they're locked and loaded on an opinion, even if it's false, even if they're incorrect, even if they're being prideful or stubborn, it doesn't matter. And so this man who'd been a friend had some things he wanted to share with me, but at that meeting, he didn't share anything. He said, just read this, read it later, and handed me a letter. And the letter was ridiculous, made no sense at all. And it was so wrong what took place in that meeting, but he couldn't see it. And I don't know that he ever did. But I learned some things through that relationship. I learned some things through that moment. Sometimes difficult moments uh, teach us things. And one of the things I think it's important to remember is, Even if you're dealing with difficult people, even if you're dealing with people uh, that are wheels off, God still loves them. And I'm glad that God still in my life, when I'm wheels off, He still loves me. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. So even if it's painful, even if it's a tough moment, there are no pointless relationships, and God can use that in our lives to build things into us that we wouldn't have learned any other way. When it comes to friendship, relationships, the better your friends, the better your life. Everybody that blew up their life, everybody that blows up their life, their story begins the same way. Their story usually begins with, I had these friends. You show me your closest friends, someone has said, and I'll show you your future. The better your friends, the better your life. So as followers of Jesus, we should be friendly to everybody we meet. But that doesn't mean that everyone we meet should be a close friend. So let me ask you a question. When it comes to your friend, your circles, your sphere of influence, the people closest to you, is there anybody you need to break up with? I'm not talking about a dating relationship. Maybe that's the case. But I'm talking about in friendship. Is there anybody that you need to put some distance there because... The better your friends, the better your life. Who do you need to break up with so you can see somebody else? Because sometimes in our friendships, we're connected with people that are not healthy or not helping us grow. And because they're consuming our time, the people that could help us grow, the people that it could be a beneficial friendship, we don't have time to connect with. Who do you need to break up with so you can see somebody else? Proverbs chapter 13 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. 
And what I love about that verse, it doesn't say you have to be a fool to suffer harm. You just have to be friends with fools. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Another thing I think it's really important, and this can be life-changing for you and the people you love the most, for me and the people I love the most in our friendships. If you think it, say it. Now, not everything you think. Let me explain. If you think it, say it. As a pastor, one of the things that uh, I do is walk with families through grief from time to time. And over the years, I've, I've participated in and attended a lot of different funerals. And it's always been striking to me the things that are said at funerals. And the sad reality is often we are the kindest about people when they're gone rather than to people when they're here. There are things said at funerals about people that were never said to people. So if you think it, if it could be encouraging, if it could be uplifting, if it could help somebody, if you think it, say it. Don't wait for funerals to celebrate people and say good things about them. Everyone needs encouragement. So today, who can you encourage? As you roll through this day, who is it that you can encourage? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you were doing. Be a life builder. Be an encourager. Because that's who Jesus has called us to be. Another thing that in 50 years I've learned and am still learning is negativity and positivity are both contagious. And what you expose yourself to, you will catch. Negativity and positivity are both contagious. And what you expose yourself to, you'll catch. Albert Einstein said negative people look for a problem in every possibility. But positive people look for a possibility in every problem. And so when it comes to your friends, there's a question I ask when when people are friends and they're becoming closer friends. One of the questions I ask is, do they inspire me or do they tire me? Some people, some people just wear you slap out. Do they inspire you? Do you feel energized when you're around them? Do they help the relationship be healthy, help you be healthier as a person emotionally, spiritually, and how you think and how you process? Or do they tire you? Do they just wear you out and drain you? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, Don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. So your circle of friends, if they're primarily negative, you're going to be more negative. If they're primarily positive, not delusional, not living in a fantasy land, but In every scenario we face in life, there are multiple perspectives that we can look at that situation and process what's happening through. Do they usually take the negative or do they see the upside? Sometimes you have to work hard to see the upside, but it's there. And if you surround yourself with negative people, you're going to be a more negative person. The thoughts we have become the life we live. So I want friends that push my thoughts in the direction in my life that I want to go in a more positive, uplifting way. The last thing I would say today about friendship, a lesson that I think it's important for us to really not just know as followers of Jesus, but to embrace and to be a part of in our relationships, friends bring friends to Jesus. Friends bring friends to Jesus. Luke chapter 5 is the story of 
these guys who had a friend, and they were determined to get him to Jesus so that Jesus could heal him. Verse 18 says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed, and they tried to carry him into the house and put him in front of Jesus. But because of the crowd, they could find no way to take him in. So they carried him up on the roof, made an opening in the tiles, and let him down on his bed in the middle of the group in front of Jesus. They had this whatever-it-takes mentality, I've got to get you to Jesus. If we've got to climb on the roof, if we've got to tear up the roof, if we've got to lower you down, I've got to get you to Jesus because of what He can do for you. They didn't function out of convenience. The convenient thing would have been to think, I, we tried, we just can't do it. There are too many obstacles. They functioned out of conviction. The conviction that God loves everybody and Jesus is the one person that can change this friend's life. They knew he needed to. He had to see Jesus. Friends bring friends to Jesus. I remember years ago, we were living in South Carolina and I was traveling and speaking in churches around the country and sometimes overseas. And I'd, I'd come in from a trip. It was late at night. I don't remember what city I'd been in or where I'd been. And I was coming in from a speaking engagement and got in the house. And it, it was late at night, 11, 12 o'clock. And there was a knock at the door. And it was our next door neighbor. His name was David. David was in his early 30s. And we'd become friends. And he lived next door with his daughters. And Angie and I lived there. This is when our girls were young. And he knocked on the door late at night, and I answered, and I said, hey, man. He said, hey, could we talk? And I could tell by his face that he was in pain, and this wasn't just a, hey, let's shoot the breeze. It's late at night, and he came to my door, and he knocked on the door, and I said, yeah, come in. He said, no, could, could we go to my place? I said, sure. So I went next door. We sat down, and I noticed as I went in the home, it was strangely quiet. Now, it should have been quiet because it was late at night, but it was an eerie quiet, a different quiet. David told me that because of his drinking problem, he lost his driver's license and he was going through a difficult situation with the mother of his kids and because of his drinking and because of some things happening in his life, uh, the courts stepped in and they, they took his two little girls. And they, they weren't living with him anymore. And David shared his story and the pain he'd walked through. And I'll never forget this moment. He's sitting across from me. And he looked at my face and he said, Is it really real? This thing you talk about, the, the whole Jesus thing and how God can change our lives, is it, is it really real? Is there anything to that? And I said, Absolutely, man. And I shared with him how Jesus came just because of His love for every single person, how God sent His Son, Jesus, to earth to live a perfect life and to die on a cross. It's not just a Bible story. It's not just a piece of history. It is historical. It actually happened. But it is the reality of the love of a God doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. Jesus died on that cross and shed His blood because he was a perfect sacrifice. That's the only way sin could be paid for. If there were any other way that God could forgive sin other than allowing his son to die, don't you think he would do it? And I shared with him how Jesus paid that price for him, for me. And that if he invited Christ to come into his life, his sins would be forgiven. He would be in a personal relationship with the living God. Because three days after Jesus was crucified, he rose from the dead, defeating death, defeating sin. 
And I told David how that was personal to him. And then I remember I said something like, David, is there any reason you wouldn't want to invite Christ to come into your life right now? And I'll never... I'll never forget the moment. This grown man with tears flowing down his face. A man's man. I've never seen David cry. A tough guy. Tears. His face wet with tears. He looked me right in the eyes and he said, I know what you're saying is true, but not right now. I'm not ready. And I said, okay, man, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Let's talk more. Anything you need, man, let's, just let me know. It was the next day or the day after. We, we left South Carolina to go to Texas for Thanksgiving to see family. And while we were in Texas, I got a phone call. The lady who lived across the street from us said, I, I, I wanted you to know. I need to let you know what happened. I know you and David are friends. She said he, uh, he went out last night with his friends and they were partying and they came back to David's house. And when they came back to the house, David was in the truck and he passed out. And, and so they went in David's house to finish their party and they just left him in the truck, passed out. And after some time passed, they came out to bring him in or check on him. And when they opened the door of his truck, David fell out on the ground, dead. And all I could think about was the last thing he said to me. I know what you say is true, but not now. But as I think about David's story and the tragedy of his life, As I think about the free gift that God offers every single one of us, God is a loving God that wants to know every single person. And every single person you and I lock eyes with is deeply loved by a holy God who invites us to call Him Father. And you and I, if you're a Christ follower, we have a responsibility. We have an opportunity. The way that God loves people is often through people. Friends bring friends to Jesus. And I thought about the friends that David chose instead of the truth that he heard, the friends he chose to hang out with who went in his house to finish their party and left him in the truck and he died. Man, hey, C3, let's not be the kind of church that gets excited about going in the house and leaving our friends outside dying. Let's be the kind of church that that loves people that allows God to love people through us. Let's make sure, man, let's go in the house and party and have a blast and connect and enjoy what God's doing in our lives. But let's make sure every single opportunity we are bringing people in with us. Don't leave anybody outside to die. Friends bring friends to Jesus. So the question is, who are you bringing to Jesus? Yeah, I know right now is a weird time and we're one church in many homes, but who are you inviting into your inviting into your home to watch the services online? Who are you texting during the week? Man, I'm praying for you. Who are you engaging with that, that God is wanting to love through you? And you may be the only example of Jesus or someone that loves him that they ever interact with. Who's your one?
the person that you're going to ask God, hey, God, between now and the end of the year, use me to help one person find the hope that's only truly found in a relationship with you. Or maybe you're watching today, and as I talk about Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us, you know that the greatest need in your life is to have a personal relationship with God. You know about God, you know about who he is, but do you know him personally? Have you experienced the love and the forgiveness and the grace of who God is in your life? Do you know what it is to have the presence of God in your life to give you wisdom and guide you through this life? It's a challenging world. Jesus told us, in this world you will have trouble. But then he said, take heart, I've overcome the world. And so you miss overcoming the world if you miss who Jesus is and having him in your life. So if today you'd like to commit your life to Christ, hey, the Bible says today's the day. Now is the time of salvation. So if you'd like to invite Jesus to come into your life, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to change anything because eternal life and knowing God, it is a free gift. And a free gift always costs the giver. It never costs the receiver. So if you'd like to commit your life to Christ, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I need you. I invite you to come into my life. Please forgive me of my sin. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at giveC3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.